The Serial Entrepreneur, brought to you by Startups Magazine. A podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like, I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this, and then the pandemic happened, and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time, like, second-guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like, we're human. It really does improve over time, and I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have, you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. Plus, share their biggest secret, their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Weetabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast brought to you by Startups Magazine. Today I'm joined by Henning Zhang and Sidi Mattel, co-founders of Why Angry. Now Why Angry is on a mission to empower both customers and chefs. By offering affordable access to the luxury of private dining, they make it possible for anyone to create unforgettable memories with their loved ones. So before we get into the conversation of the company and your journeys, let's ask a little icebreaker question. Now, seeing as the podcast is called The Cereal Entrepreneur, I'd like to know what both of your favorite breakfast cereals are and why. <laughs> right. So my breakfast cereal that I love is actually called Cereal. And it's a startup. They're super high protein, no fats. I highly recommend you check them out. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> That's so confusing because last thing I knew, Sidi was doing intermittent fasting. <laughs> Mine is, and I actually ate it today, a Deliciously Ella original. It's not a, it's a granola and it's amazing. It's my favorite. Fantastic. Well, I didn't actually have any breakfast today, so you're both done better than me. <laughs> so why don't we start by both of you telling me a little bit about your background and your journey? Sounds good. Well, I guess my background, I am a Chinese, but born in Germany. I lived there for the first 10 years of my life before moving to China. And then I came to the UK for university, started my first job after university on the trading floor at Goldman Sachs. Then after three years, I left and got headhunted to Barclays, which is where I met City. And that's kind of how we met. And maybe before we launch into the story of why Hangry City, your background. Yeah, of course. Uh, born and brought up in India, actually where Taj Mahal is from, the wonder of the world. Uh, then went to New York to study undergrad at Columbia. So did artificial intelligence, computer science back in 2013 when AI wasn't that cool. Um, decided that life was way more exciting on a financial floor. So became a trader, got deported to London immigrant issues, visa issues, came to London, spent the next six years on a trading floor, trading like asset-backed securities, financial bonds, fast-paced, high-intensity, loved it, thought that was the best job in the world, but then always craved actually to build something of my own. My father is a businessman, and then I got very lucky and met Heinen on the trading floor, bonded immediately with this cool person, and we were like, right, okay, there's more of us to give to this world than just being in a sales and training job. So that's our origins. Brilliant. So, so following on from, from you two meeting then, tell us a little bit about Why Hangry and, and what it is you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, sure. So with Why Hangry, for us, this was just very 
obvious that this is something we needed ourselves. So we come from developing countries, India, China, where we did grow up with the sort of privilege, but also it's very normal to have cooks and great home cooked food all the time. So when on a trading floor, it's just in London and also New York and Heinen also comes from Germany, people either get delivery or they're going out to restaurants. There's no easy way to get incredible food at home. So this was our problem. We both actually tried to get some chefs for ourselves. We were like, oh my God, let's just find some food so we can sort out our food needs while we are working. Um, that married with the fact that we actually saw a very big gap. People often don't know that restaurant chefs are one of the lowest earners. They think private chef and they think wow, so expensive. I cannot afford that. Whereas we knew the reality. So we saw the gap in the market and an opportunity to actually bridge that together. So from that came Why Hangry, which is the easiest, most accessible way for you to book a private chef, whether that's from 30 pounds a person, or you could book master chefs on TV. This could be your birthday, Hindu, your meal prep, maybe your friend's pregnant and you want to send them some great food. So it can really be anything. But yeah, we saw the gap in the market and we thought we'll fill it. Fantastic. So walk me through sort of how the idea got started then, you know, you guys met each other and, and what happened then? So we had lots of things in common. We obviously were working on the same trading floor and we thought that um, hosting at home is something that we love to do, inviting friends and everything. My dad also has his own business. So there's an inherent entrepreneurial streak that we recognized in each other. And how we then started is we decided to solve our own problem because we like having friends over. We didn't think ordering Deliveroo is the best way or is as good as just having freshly home-cooked food. So we went to find our first chef who we started using for ourselves. We started inviting our friends over for dinner parties or just for tasting the food that a different chef has made because we just tried a new, new chef. And our friends had amazing feedback. They thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Can I use your chef? So we thought, right, okay, this is something. Let's actually try to build this and see where this can go. So City very quickly whipped up a landing page and created a simple booking system using Airtable. And we started selling the service to our colleagues on the trading floor. Where we just thought, right, we have these chefs. Do you guys want to book a chef? Oh, you just had a newborn. You must be struggling to fill your freezer. Why don't you book a chef? And they paid us for the services. We, I don't think we were making a commission at the time. We were literally just testing the service, but they were paying the chefs, obviously. And we got incredible feedback. And one of the reasons is also that the feedback, if you're gifting someone something, is not real. If people pay for something, they will perceive a certain value. So that's what we did from day one, monetization. And from then, we realized that we were taking our laptops into work every day and we were meeting up in Starbucks in Canary Wharf at 6 p.m. after we were done with our trading work. And we just thought, wow, this is so much more fun than what we do during the daytime. And we start, started investing a lot more time to the extent that we realized that we should consider maybe quitting. And then this decision was actually accelerated slightly. And Sidi, maybe you want to tell the story of our day quitting. Oh gosh, yes. I'll TLDR it. We just got called into a room and they asked us the question, you're discussing why Henry so much with clients instead of selling bonds, you're selling chefs, what's going on? And I think that just got me. It really was the crystallization that, wow, we really do want to you know, be working on Why Hungry. So we both pretty much quit like in the following two weeks. And yeah, the people were like, oh my gosh, can you stay? And we told them very upfront, look, this is where our heart lies and we need to go do this. 
So yeah, we kind of got called out for it at work, but that served as a great reminder to get up and quit because this was just what we had to do. Yeah, definitely. And how many chefs have you got? Have you got now? So we have over 1000 chefs that we work with across the UK. So anywhere in UK you are, there will be chefs near you. Fantastic. And, and what would you say makes your business stand out from the crowd? So actually, I don't think there is a very big crowd. I think historically, we have seen a lot in the food tech space. So people know Deliveroo, and that's like quick restaurant delivery. Um, they're also like restaurant meal kits, but a great platform where you could book a chef to your home at insane prices is yet to really be seen across UK in the way we're doing it. And I think for us, our tech platform really stands out. So we make it very easy. You go on, either you can explore chefs, you can even browse menus and book almost immediately, or you can kind of just fill out a quick form. Chefs will come back to you with personalized menus. You message them, talk to them, create your own menu, like your dietary requirements. Oh, my friend has a nut allergy, all of this stuff, personalize and book it. And if you just think about why people are using this, because I do think people think, oh, private chef, like, oh, but that's not for me. Actually, people have birthdays all the time, anniversary, people have baby showers, and they're always thinking, oh my God, I have 20 people, where do I go? Which restaurant should I go to? just invite them over to your place and now the food will be in your home. So I think that's what we're doing very differently. Do they do the washing up as well? <laughs> that is actually the biggest question we get. Do they serve and do they clean up? I clean up before serving. <laughs> Excellent. So you guys have won the top performing team award at the Hustle Awards this year. So many congratulations for that. Thank you very much. This is very awesome. Yeah, we were very proud to have you in. So so tell us, how, how did that make you feel? And, and what does it mean for your business to be recognized? I mean, in a sense, I wasn't surprised. Because I must say, Siddhi and I have worked together for a while. We worked together in banking where we were, I wouldn't say that we were working as a team then. We were working as opponents, rather. Because at the time, she was a trader and I was in sales. And we were constantly arguing about prices where I wanted better prices or lower prices for my clients. And she wanted obviously like to show prices that will help her make more PL slash rip them off. So it was a fine balance. So we always had to negotiate a lot. And I think that has created such a great dynamic for us to work together as a founding team. And we've had our investors and other founders just tell us so many times that you guys together, you have so much energy, like you, we've heard it so much, but we just know that we as a team are like one plus one equals three. Oh, very nice. So obviously we've talked about a lot of the positives of the business and, and the great work that you guys are doing, but, but what about the challenges? What, what challenges have you faced along the way? And what would you say has been your biggest one? I must say that the first two years of our existence were such a roller coaster. We quit our jobs and launched our first MVP website in December 2019. February, we had to stop running the business and there was nothing we could do in terms of the old service we offered. So we decided to pivot and then the lockdown eased, then we were able to start again. Then there was a second lockdown and it was just two years of stop and go, which was really painful in a way where we gained some momentum, then it stopped. And it's it was emotionally taxing, but also from like a business perspective, trying to pursue certain strategies, plans that didn't work. So I think having experienced that has made us super resilient. And I don't know actually what is super challenging right now. I would say that 
life feels a lot easier since beginning of 2022. Yeah, but I guess add to add to that, COVID was like the biggest unknown. And I think every startup that's gone through it will probably say that. So that really is the top answer. But away from that, what I'd say is we have, I mean, there are so many things for a startup. And I think the biggest one is like, you don't know really what you're meant to be building and how, because there is no blueprint. And I think for us, like pivot is a word that, is loved and hated, but we really have changed what we're doing so many times. I think probably we've had rebirths over and over every seven to eight months, something completely changes. And we look back and think, did not, no one like slap us out of what we were doing before, but you're getting all these learnings. So I think the biggest challenge is being okay with ripping up the playbook and and just almost thinking, wow, everything is crashing, but I know why we're doing this because something is not working and something needs to change. And the biggest thing we did, we did that during Y Combinator, where we just changed everything about our company. And literally for a month and a half, our revenue went to zero. It was so scary because we thought we'd spend all this time building something. We had all this stuff working, but the things that are not working as a founder, you need to, you cannot brush that under um, the carpet because it, it catches up to you. So I'd say like the biggest challenges for us is being super pro risk and saying, look, it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. And short term, we're going to take a very big hit. Things are stop going to working, but we will rebuild it better. So, but in that time, there's a lot of uncertainty. So I'd say that is actually very ongoing. And yeah, we've probably gone through variations of that. Very recently, we've made some changes. Stuff's broken again. So yeah, it's just the founder journey really. <laughs> yeah. So looking back on your journey then, if, if you could go back and do it all again, is there anything that you would do differently? So I think for me personally, I I always say I personally didn't understand um, the benefit of working out or eating better or just having a better lifestyle. And Heiner and I both actually went through a very big burnout through Y Combinator because we decided the best way to succeed was just work 12 hours straight, seven days a week for three months and not worry about anything else, not see friends. And that really took a toll. And if I had known that is very silly and actually both of us had known, we would have changed how we would have worked. So our definition of success was working harder and longer and not worrying about ourselves. Whereas now the better we treat ourselves, the better the company is, we're buzzing, life is great. So I would say it's so simple, but you gotta take care of yourself, eat likely better, do whatever form of movement and not get yourself into a state where you're hating life and you burn out because then the company's over, you know? It's so simple, but it's really not. Like I did not understand this until last year. And I don't know, how, I guess Heine, you did, neither because we both went through the burnout at the exact same time yeah i think looking after yourself and i think realizing that a startup is most likely a five to ten year journey and i think some founders or i would say speak for myself i didn't quite think about that five years seemed so long and we had started working on why hangry in 2019 it's been four years so it's crazy to realize that, wow, building something from nothing most likely takes a, quite a while and looking after yourself to make sure that you do not run out of steam and you do not run out of energy and you do not lose the passion for your business because you are burned out or you basically end up having nothing to give because you don't look after yourself. That makes a lot of startups fail. And that's something that we realized when we went through a hard time last year, as City has described, and we've now got 
such great, I think, like um, measures in place where we eat better, exercise, where we just have so much more energy than we did beginning of last year when this happened, which makes working so like such a joy where if you I don't know I just feel like our business has transformed since we made those changes yeah definitely and it sounds like you've both learned to recognize the signs of of burnout and it sounds like you're both very good support structures for each other as well so it's it's great to hear that yes I hundred percent because I think I've read about founder loneliness there was a article about it I think sometime last year and when I read it I just thought wow it's super common but at the same time I'm so fortunate that I've not experienced it because I think as co-founders and co-CEOs we have someone who's in exactly the same shoes and who is someone that shares every single up and down that you're never alone in something so I think that really helps as well. I actually thought of the second one and I know Heinen will fully agree with it. And it's actually a business or like an entrepreneurship lesson. Hire very, very well. You will inevitably hire the wrong person, but then let them go very quickly. Because what B plus players do for the team is they tell the great people that, oh, it's acceptable to be mediocre and that's not good so i think we have really gone through a journey of realizing how to hire well correct and i think now we're very proud of the team we have you really feel there's an energy level difference and i think we've obviously learned that over three years we've been around so i think that is the second lesson yeah very good point and and finally then before we wrap up what what does the future look like for for you both and for why angry i mean our aspirations is to build a tech unicorn and I think we are making our steps towards it but we very much see why hangry as a global business like Airbnb for finding a shop to book for your event so that's what we're working towards yeah and I think what a billion dollar company it's sometimes difficult to understand what that means but for us it is giving that much money to chefs for jobs all across the world. And we really, really care. And we see we're touching the lives of so many chefs in the sense that they're literally having more pocket money. They have more income. They can now get mortgages. All these chefs that are, they are chefs earning up to 25K a month with Why Hangry, which is kind of crazy as a side income to their restaurants. So the potential of Why Hangry to change the lives of chefs everywhere and then also level the playing field for female chefs where restaurants is hard, but Why Hangry is a better option. Yeah, we care about that. And hopefully over the 10 years, well, not hopefully, definitely over the next 10 years. Yeah, we're here to make a very big difference in the hospitality industry. Brilliant. I love the enthusiasm and I wish you the best of luck in growing the company. Thank you both very much for for talking with me. And again, congratulations on winning the Top Performing Team Award at the Hustle Awards. Thank you. Thank you so much. We had a great time being on this podcast. The Serial Entrepreneur brought to you by Startups Magazine a podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this and then the pandemic happened and I didn't do this. And you spend so much time like second guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like we're human. It really does improve over time. And I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. 
plus share their biggest secret, their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Weetabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. 